Two Guys, One Shaker Cup Podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. Josh Shaw, I got to ask you a simple question that uh, it's an important question because my mom used to tell me and everybody used to tell me when I was younger that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. So the the question for you, Josh Shaw, is do you believe that horse shit or do you believe it's or do you believe it's true? Well, if I'm also going to be a good little Midwestern boy and believe what my mom said, I have to agree that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. That's just everybody's told that. Right. Or maybe it's just our moms brainwashed us. I don't know. I, I don't. I say that and I don't really eat that much breakfast or I don't really like breakfast foods, um, which is probably early, like pe- right? that probably freaks people. Yeah, I'm not I'm not like a morning person at all. You so don't like fast, I just you? have never You're not doing like a 12 hour fast or anything like that. Are you? No, no, no. OK, no, I, I just have never really I don't know the, the breakfast foods. I don't know. I, I didn't grow up like eating a lot of cereal like a lot of people. Um, God, I feel bad for your childhood. Like, I feel bad, man. Like, I think, like, come on, I think, like, Josh. Me, cereal's a shit. Yeah, like I like I watched some people like their obsession with cereal, and I'm like, I like it, but I I don't know. I just I just didn't grow up. I think eating a lot of that, mm-hmm. um, and then like everything else, like eggs and and I, bacon. You know, things are good. I mean, you can make it, but I don't know. Breakfast is like if I had to choose between the three meals, breakfast wouldn't be the one that I picked. I mean, I'm not, I, you're fucking crazy. Let's just yeah. let's just call it what it is. Breakfast <laughs> is a meal you can have in the morning, in the afternoon, at night. It's good. I mean, I could have pancakes. Every day of the week at midnight. I mean, I, I look at The Rock's fucking Instagram channel. He's doing the same thing. But honestly, for me, because it's like, okay, do I want a hamburger now? I mean, at, at 7 a.m., are you going to have a cheeseburger? No. I mean, maybe I would will. like a cheeseburger. But, I well, would, yeah. Where did you grow up? <laughs> Jesus, no. But uh, but it's an interesting occasion because it's, a, it's something that, you know, you and I have talked about too, but people – aren't necessarily eating at home as much, well, you know, outside of COVID. Before COVID, they weren't. They're eating on the run. But I think there's uh, been sort of a, in the last several years, a, a re-emphasis on breakfast. And I even I can even talk about that from my time at Mills. Is I mean, the biggest project that I had as I was leaving was how do we develop a product that is around the breakfast occasion? Because, I mean, there are soft-baked bars, for instance, in, in the bar category, which I said that people were consuming for breakfast. Um, but cereal was on a, on a – so cereal is like a billion, 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 billion-dollar business, right? Like it, it takes up a huge part of the grocery store. And even though it's been declining year over year for like the past 10 years, it still accounts for so much in sales. You're not going to just like get rid of cereal. Um, and, I, and I happen at 34 years of age to love cereal, and I have it before I work out every single day. Um, but – in the health world, it's interesting, especially in our space. It's like, okay, we typically develop, obviously, there's the pills and putters, and then we talk about functional foods, which is always like on the go snacking. Um, that's really it. I mean, there, there's not necessarily, I mean, unless we, we want to bring into some of the meal prep services, we should talk about that too. But even those primarily focus on like midday meals and evening meals. You don't see a lot of breakfast type meals. And it's interesting because I, I think there's an opportunity that exists in the market, a white space for some brand to attack that and to win in that part. Yeah, I think we'd mentioned in an earlier podcast around just going through the different aisles and looking at them and thinking about how can I reinvent this? So if you are a you know, active nutrition company and you're thinking, let's go to a bar, and that's your default, or let's go to a um, ready-to-drink right. um, protein shake or, or energy drink, like everybody's doing that. So like, how do you differentiate yourself? How do you look at some different options to create something different? And breakfast is one of those occasions that doesn't really get attacked. I think a lot with our space, at least directly, like indirectly, there's a lot of the 
you know, just have a shake or, you know, add some protein powder to your oats or like, it's all kind of you do it yourself type of a situation, or maybe it's just a uh, replacement, I guess, as a a situation, but nobody's really attacking it in a direct way. And what I've noticed, I think over the last year, and I think a lot of this probably has to do with COVID and just the amount of time people are spending at home. I think the surveys or something said like, you know, 10 to 20% of people are, are eating at home breakfast more. Yep. Um, so they're spending the time to actually prepare their, their meals. So that might be like, to your point, like pancakes or making bacon yep. or, or doing something that's a little bit more than just like grabbing a snack bar, running out the door and, and eating it while you're on your commute, because the commute is not really there. And, mm-hmm. and kids are not necessarily even having to go to school now. So you have like that time that you could you know, put in there that where you normally would probably transport either yourself or, or your kids to school or to work. And you have that extra time. So a lot of people are using it for breakfast. So you're seeing um, companies in our space now start to look at this. And now it's coming mostly from the biggest companies, which is a, a little bit sad, I guess you could, you know, why should a big company be the one that seems to be the one like kind of disrupting these spaces? And why this kind of brought everything I guess to light was, and I don't know if you saw this or not, but um, Premier Protein launched a cereal, a high protein cereal. That's I think only at Costco right now, but um, you know, know, obviously price point on that by any chance. I don't know exactly what that, but you know, you think about obviously they're still owned, I think 70 or so percent by post holdings post has a ton of different cereals, obviously. So they have some capabilities in house to do that. It's kind of funny to think it took them this long to do do that. Um, and they are, you know, kind of disrupting that space in a little bit different of a way. Now we can look at, you know, people could say there, there has been some people trying to disrupt cereal for a while, like the magic spoons or the, um, you know, schoolyard snacks, or maybe even like the high key snacks that do the keto version or whatever. Like, but a lot of those are small in comparison to, you know, the, the Kellogg's, the general mills, the post, you know, the, the, the big three cereal giants, like, you know, they're selling billions and billions and billions of dollars worth of cereal. And then you have somebody coming in there at that size. That's actually got distribution and not just selling online and not just selling direct to consumer. They're selling it literally at Costco where millions of people are coming through there to check things out. And it, just kind of to me, I'm like, okay, are people going to start to pay attention more about the breakfast occasion? Or, I mean, are these brands going to finally wake up and go, wow, we, we've just been blind to this whole area for so long. We've just been trying to like, you know, put the puzzle together and tell consumers just to put some protein powder into your, your oats and you're fine. Premier's got a, a big brand presence in Costco with their RTDs the way it is, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they have a huge section of that. So they have brand recognition within the Costco world, which is great. But it, it, it's, it's interesting because... At General Mills, there was a like a special top secret project within the cereal unit that they were working on a high protein cereal using whey protein isolate, but their price point was like eight bucks a box, something like that. Which I mean, might not be crazy. You look at, and and, and not to say that brands haven't tried this, right? So uh, MPA Subs, a brand that I work with, makes a, a product called Isopoofs. It's a low carb, high protein cereal. They have like an apple cinnamon French toast, I believe, or like an Apple Jacks flavor. I mean. They have some good stuff. Then they have also kind of transitioned into like jalapeno chatter for snacking, but they've attacked it. Now, they might not have the brand equity needed to push a product like that in terms of dollars and sales, but um, I, I very much enjoy it, and I think it's good. I mean, you also – I mean, even look at Kodiak Cakes. Like, when did yeah. they launch, right? They launched – shit, I don't know. I'd, it's probably – I, 
I actually think when Kodiak Kicks, I think, has been around for a long time, but I think a lot of people didn't catch wind of them until recently. I think they were on Shark Tank. Shark Tank. Maybe yeah, on and Shark I think Tank, that was but like, like the last honestly, years. I think I remember listening to a podcast where like literally it's like 20 or 25 years old, but like it was, it took them 20 years to make a million bucks or something like that. It was like a, it was like a, a at home mom recipe type of a situation where like then eventually it kind of caught wind but you know that's that's a story in itself probably if anybody yeah, wants to pay attention to look that. at how big that company is now now they're yeah. making muffins and and like 12 different variations of pancakes a healthier for you i mean they they attacked an occasion that was lacking healthy food so if you think of breakfast and we talk about this like it's like okay it's cereal or eggs eggs are absolutely extremely healthy so i think a lot of companies are like okay well there's already eggs and they're dirt cheap a dollar 49 for a dozen how are we going to compete with that not everyone wants to eat fucking eggs every single day. You know, people want to want to mix it up. Now, um, you know, there are, there's two brands to highlight here that kind of in in recent times too. Besides Premier, use the term breakfast or, or cereal. I guess like right, you have cereal milk. People consume cereal milk flavored proteins, but I know Redcon tried the BAR, the breakfast at the ready. It was yeah. using cereal within a bar. They discontinued it. Okay, so that bar lasted maybe a year, just yeah. over a year or two. Um, they just discontinued it here Q1. And now Mark Lobliner with the Outright Bar with his um, his uh, coffee flavor, I can't remember the exact name of it, um, yeah. going after the word breakfast. And it tastes very breakfasty. But again, that's a snack that you can have all day, every day. Uh, I don't think anybody's really hitting it hard. And I don't know if it's because it's a space that they're unaware of or they don't, they don't have much education in or they're probably like, okay, that doesn't really seem to fit with a sports nutrition brand. But, I mean, you could look at – these are sports nutrition brands that we're going to talk about, like Atkins and Premier Protein and these big-ass brands that are, that are in Walmarts and Targets of the World. I mean, they're attacking it. So why are we not doing it in the smaller companies? Is it – do you think, Josh, from your, like, consulting mind, is it just because they don't have brand equity? They don't have the pull in that category to make a wave? They don't think sports nutrition stores like, you know, uh, Vegas Discount or Natural Body or Nutrition Factor or whatever would bring something like that in? That might be the case. I mean, I think that it's a low unit economic type of a situation. So, I mean, those, I mean, could be under $10, but you're thinking about most of the products in our category, they're at, you know, $30 price points or something like that. So maybe it's just that, you know, it's not worth sometimes maybe the juice isn't worth the squeeze, I guess. Um, I also think it's just, you know, different manufacturers, different, um, you know, different parts of the, of the store equals different merchandisers equal different, you know, things that you have to pay attention to your competitors. Like we said, are, I mean, are pretty consolidated, I yeah. guess at the top, um, they have most of the share. So then it's like, okay, maybe it's just a matter of let's pick something a little bit easier, but I think there's different ways to obviously attack it. It's not necessarily that you have to come up with a, a cereal that's already, um, complete um, in terms of like just the cold cereal you could do like what rx bar does with like their rx oats they do a version of the oats which literally is probably just packaging what all brands are already telling their people to do like oh, just add a scoop. making that they're repacking yeah, add, add a scoop of this and do that you know whatever it's like you could have packaged that if you wanted to into yeah. an occasion that could have worked out well to your point around you know some of those breakfast bars and things like people haven't really went all in i think on that occasion yet it's all still very much like the protein bars over the you know breakfast um occasion i i had a few of those uh, bars and i thought they were good i think they didn't really age really well so that was probably part of the issue is that i think they got a little bit aged uh too quickly um maybe that's just a matter of them having to reformulate some of that stuff and come out with it but i thought it was at least a little bit of a unique um situation but the category as a whole like i mean we talked about kodiak kicks but if there's like the the other 
side of that on the more natural side is like birch benders, which yeah. they just got acquired last year um, for a few hundred million dollars. Um, you know, Kodiak cakes probably Kodiak, um, yeah, cakes will probably you know, be acquired here soon because it just makes sense. Like why a company I think is two or $300 million in revenue at this point. So it's like, you can't really let those guys sit out there for all that much longer. Uh, but even like premier protein, they just launched a, a protein and oats, um, RTD, which again, companies have had protein oat powders yeah. for a while. I think Optum Nutrition, I think maybe was one of the, the first ones long, long, long time ago. And now you have I a like lot that more. Product, other... but I, think I did too. Yeah, yeah, I thought, I thought it, was it was good. Great. Pro I mean, for me, I think as a, I think when it came out as a poor college kid, I was, I'll just buy the, the you know, the bulk oats myself and Grandma just, you know, add it to my side. I couldn't justify, you know, spending extra money to do it, but I liked it as uh, a product. And I think a lot of brands have, have replicated that. I don't know to what extent, um, you know, I'm sure it's not very good seller comparable to like some of their basic whey products or things like that. But even that little iteration of an RTD with some of that, it then adds a different, I guess, spin to it. And you can even see this even thinking about RTDs with just like a coffee plus type of a, a product. We, we talked about like the super coffees where like there yeah. is the MCTs, there's the, you know, few, I think 10 grams of protein, but even like Atkins has a, a cold brew plus protein. You have like these companies that are starting to think like, okay, if we add certain you know, breakfasty type of a situation, naturally a consumer is probably just going to consume those at breakfast. Now that adds an extra use occasion mm -hmm. or, or, you know, so then they're going to buy that plus they're going to buy another flavor that they're going to use after their workout. So now we double dipped on, on something over just, Hey, let's keep coming out with flavors. And then you're just basically, um, cannibalizing, it, you know, itself. People can only right. drink so much if it, they're not, if you're not increasing the use occasions, um, you know, it, it's to me, I think it's just one of these things where I would like to see a lot more brands in our space start to think about breakfast a little bit differently. Um, you even said like the egg thing. Right. Why not come up with something unique in terms of, you know, a, it, it could be egg white powder type of a situation could be, you know, I, I don't know, but there's got to be some way to like attack these in a more. I'll say sports way because I'm sure there's ingredients or things that you could add into it that from a nutraceutical side that would help maybe you know your blood sugar levels or, or things that would be um, appealing to consumers if you could spin it in a marketing way it just doesn't seem like brands really are even like conceptualizing these ideas I think they have a hard time getting off the powder kick too though I mean obviously like that's what they are they're a powder company but uh, I just go back to think about all the brands that have tried pancake mix you know, like um, like Rise and Outright, Sinfit Labs, or, or I mean, they everybody kind of came out with, and they're all pretty much made from the same fucking company, and they just repackage yeah. them differently. But it, uh, they were priced so high, and like at that point, if I want to spend, I don't know if they're like twelve bucks a bag for four servings, or I can go to Costco and buy a big box of Kodiak cakes, which says protein on the on the thing, and intuitively I'm thinking, okay, this is the same fucking thing. It, it's not the same thing, but I'm not going to spend four x for this for for you know half the servings or four servings so price is going to be something that they're going to have to figure out and and that requires volume runs which then requires a huge commitment of of being extremely nervous of whether or not that's a good play because think about the brands that are out there and like unless you've crossed over into cpg world or in, into like uh fdm world it, it, it might be very difficult to have that conversation because it's like okay well i don't have placement in an heb i don't have placement in a target doesn't make sense for me to attack breakfast because but we, it's 2021. We live in a digital world. There's got to be a way to drive 
um, you know, drive awareness and drive traffic and drive conversions to your website surrounding the breakfast location. I mean, you could literally run targeted ads specific time periods of day. You know, people, the first thing people do when they wake up in the morning is they check their cell phones. So you might be able to hit people right away in the morning. They're not going to be able to have your product that day, but when they wake up and they're hungry and they're looking through Facebook or whatever and they see the product, they might just make a quick, rash decision to purchase it and then expect it to be there in a couple of days so they can have it a couple of days from now. But again, I guess the million dollar question is what's, what's the product? And now, if you're listening to this podcast or watching this podcast and you're thinking to yourself, God, you, these guys are right, but what's the product? And you can't think of it? Hire Josh Shaw. He'll, he'll bring six product ideas for you. And those six product ideas, five will fail and one will be good. It's kind of like uh, you know, the George Foreman grill and, and, and Hulk Hogan got like this shake thing or something. George Foreman became a millionaire off his and Hogan got nothing. So you got a lot of Hulk Hogan ideas, Josh Shaw. But I know you have a George Foreman idea in, in that head of yours somewhere. What would Josh Shaw do? Well, it, <laughs> I got to get lucky every once in a while and get one of those George Foreman deals because that's a. I mean, he's he's making. Ba- I mean, he's probably still that thing is still selling uh, For sure. all these years later. And then Hulk Hogan's over there just you know trying to sue magazines and stuff, not to post things about him. So, what you gonna I mean, do, brother? Di- yeah, what <laughs> different paths they took? Yeah. Different paths they took. All because of that invention. It was that's right. Know, just one invention did everything. You know, I I don't know exactly, and I think this is is probably very nuance to the brand um, because if, if it's a brand that maybe has some connection to nostalgia or whatever, that probably makes it a lot more easy to kind of attack a, an old uh, breakfast favorite as a kid and, and kind of remake it in a right. way to make sense. I mean, you know, even at this point, sports nutrition brands, you know, they have the flavors and, and things like that. And that's probably the, the inching themselves in there, but, um, you know, they can obviously take different food form and, and, and try to make sure that they can create that same experience you had that you had when you were a kid. Um, and then, you know, if you're a legacy brand or something like that, it's like, you're probably more trying to figure out how do you make something that aligns to your brand, I guess the closest possible in terms of like your, your scale, your distribution, you know, what you could do. Um, I would even probably even look at, probably snackifying the cereal uh, type of situation. So taking it and kind of making it dual use, I guess, in a way, like, you know, don't back yourself into a corner, I guess, of um, just making sure it only has to be used for um, breakfast time. Maybe it is used for breakfast. Maybe it's, I still like snacking because I think right now snacking's down a little bit because of the mobility of, of consumers are not out there. So the on to go snacks are not as doing as well. Now the healthy snacks that people are just picking up at their pantry and eating there, those are high. But I think that, um, if you are going to go in a direction, like, I don't know, I saw recently like cereal, they, they kind of made it four times bigger than it was, you know, like it's bigger, but it's in a snack bag instead. So you you're eating it, you know, it's not these little crunchies, something bigger than that. So I don't, maybe you could do something like that, or maybe you can, you know, something that's, I don't know, figure out a way to snackify it in a little bit better of a way. I think that you, you, you then at least give the opportunity to be both directions. I think between like, if it was magic spoon and schoolyard snacks, um, I think schoolyard snacks took an approach where they were kind of individually bagging their product. So then you could actually break it open and, and kind of just eat it by your hand where like magic spoon was just traditional big box. You had to pour it into a, a bowl or, or whatever. So that even makes a little bit of a difference of how a consumer might pick it up or might, maybe they, they, they're not really sure if they're going to like it as a breakfast item or, or whatever, because, you know, maybe there is some, some deep, dark thing that you don't want to like ruin breakfast, uh, or that cereal, you know, cause I don't, I don't know if you've had, 
I'm sure you've had since you said you worked with one of the brands, but I know I've tried a few of these like high protein cereals and things. And though I'm not a cereal connoisseur and I'm not the best probably taste buds of a palate of a, of a cereal eater, I eat it and I'm like, this ain't good. It's not good. No. Like it's not. It's dry. It's, you know, people like it when, when cereal gets soggy and stuff too, like in milk and sometimes yeah. the stuff just doesn't, it's, it's hard. Um, but it's interesting, like the dual use, right? Like snacking on cereal was one of the biggest uses from consumers in my consumer research when I was at Mills. It's like, we don't eat this in a bowl of milk anymore. We take it in a Ziploc bag and my kids take it to volleyball events and, you know, I'll have it in the car or I'll have it midday snack because it's just, I mean, it, it's easy. It's small, it's snackable. And, you know, you said snacking is down, but it is being replaced by other things. So, I, it, and, and I'm, you know, I'm looking at the brands that already have stuff out there. And it's like, okay, well, how can you take what you already have and make it more attractive then? Because you don't need to reinvent the wheel. It exists. It's out there. Brands are doing it, but how come nobody, why is nobody seeking out this information? And I think we just do a poor job as brands of communicating what it is. Like maybe we named it, in, like, like not to take anything from Mitch and MPA subs, but it's called Isopoose. I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe just the naming convention. Maybe it's just a simple name change. Um, that makes it very intuitive in terms of what it actually is. Like ISO poos, okay, what, what, maybe it's a cereal, but like the ISO, ISO is obviously a play on isolate, but you don't necessarily need to use the word isolate or protein in the name. Like you can make it fun um, and then obviously, you know, work on, work on pricing where you can. But, you know, I'm also like looking in our spaces, I look at a brand like Lenny and Larry's. Now, say what you want about Lenny and Larry's. They, um, they, they are, they're killing it or they've killed it. They, they are a huge company. They make cookies. I mean, they could be a brand that could attack the breakfast occasion in like a soft bake oatmeal type of a thing. Um, I mean, they're, they're in prime position to do so. And maybe they're working on it. I don't know. But that brand, and, and I think, you know, people will be like, well, Quest tried it. And I think Quest did try some sort of breakfast bar and that failed. But I believe Quest tried their breakfast bar very early on. And I don't know if Quest did, if Quest did it today. I mean, Quest did a fucking pizza, for Christ's sakes, and it's popular. So, <laughs> like, why can't they do a breakfast bar correctly? I, I, I don't know what happened there. And maybe you do, Josh. But, like, I look at Lenny and Larry's and say, okay, you already have, like, soft sort of protein cookies. If we want to, like, maybe people are going to take time to eat a whole meal on breakfast. What can we still give them that might include – you know, it could be blueberry. It could be the flavors of breakfast. It could be maple. It could be cinnamon, whatever it is. But I think that they're a good brand uh, that could do something in that space. I agree. I think that Lenny and Larry's would be a good brand. Um, to your point around Quest Nutrition, I think there was a lot of products I think they launched before they got acquired that probably just didn't get the time and effort from like the R&D team. Um, you know, that they, they were launching a bunch of things. They were kind of like catching a lot of that fire and everything was growing anything you launched it was doing okay but it didn't do as well as it could point in case like the peanut butter cups like when they launched those things originally as like a keto product or whatever it is they were dry as shit like you literally eat yeah. they were like they're sawdust you'd eat those things and then now i try the new ones and i'm Me like too. these are better than reese's like yeah, I, and I, I feel like that's sacrilegious to say that and i'm like oh my god well you're crazy they're not let's be, let's be real josh you might be high right now they're not better I, than reese's but they're they they're are, close they're close. They're as, they're as close as you're going to get to exactly. any product. They're great. Like, honestly, like anybody that says, oh, mine tastes like this, I always go like, doesn't at all. No. Literally, when they sent me, I was like, what the heck? This is amazing. I was like, I don't know how these are going to age. Hopefully they age great. Um, but 
think about that now. I think now they have a better um, structure of their just portfolio of the company. I mean, now it's a you know billion dollar company combined with Atkins. You know, you have a lot more like corporate staff. You have a lot more people that on the Atkins side they understand different products, um, different you know, ways to get maybe confections or um, to your point maybe something around the cereal. We're like now I bet they probably go after that or in some way because I think that they're looking to become a platform brand. I think there's very few brands that have been able to do that. Um, you know, be it like a kind bar, yeah. be it like, you know, quest nutrition. Um, I think Lenny and Larry's probably could do it if they wanted to. It's just, they haven't really went in there, but there's very few of those that, that can do it. I think that quest, if they were to go and attack breakfast, they probably could make something really cool and really interesting. It, uh, you kind of just, you just don't know, but, um, but overall, I mean, the, the category, I think you can just look at it from, you know, so many different ways. And, and even like you think about, um, you know, probiotics or, you know, we, we use a lot of those types of things. And a lot of it comes from maybe yogurt or something like that. Is there a way to integrate something even from the yogurt aisle or, or maybe a beverage, you know, people are taking more of those natural kefirs and things like that, but like nobody's really taking a spin on that in a way that's more sports or active or, or whatever. Can you, you know, combine a few of those things together and it, and it makes sense. I don't know, but I don't think anybody's really been thinking about it right now. I mean, those might be terrible ideas, but those are at least ideas that are pushing things forward over just let's come out with another whey protein powder. Or let's come out with another pre-workout. You know, what's interesting is you bring up yogurt. Obviously, no one in our space is going to do yogurt. It's so fucking complicated and it's it's hard. OK, so, um, you know, we thought. If you thought you were smart when you were trying to do ice cream, you know that yogurt is just a different animal. <laughs> like it is, it is unbelievable. Is it worse than kombucha? Which oh, one? Which one's? Yeah. My God, I just all I those just, like active, like like uh, whatever you want to call them, right. like, microcosm, <laughs> whatever. Just, those things are crazy. They like I think you probably would need to really have some people that know science, not just like pseudoscience, but like right. real science. I just remember like the horror stories about um, yogurt when I was at Mills and just like how much of it is written off all year because it's refrigerated, anything refrigerated, right? But what can yeah. you create that goes along with it? Granola, right? Like uh, granola. Now, granola is, I, I know what's going to happen, Josh, is people are going to listen to this podcast and say, well, that's not sports nutrition. Why can't it be? Like, why yeah. can't you? I mean, that's, if your answer to this is like, well, that's not sports nutrition, well, it's your job to change it. Like, nobody says that this has to be. Right. Like, I mean, there might have been a long before the first protein bar came out. Somebody probably said, well, that's not sports nutrition. They found a way to make it sports nutrition. So granola, whether it's grain free or, you know, sweetened with fruit, not, you know, like whatever it is using monk fruit. So it doesn't have high sugars in it. Maybe there's added pea protein or whey protein to it. Like, um, you know, one of the best selling skews of granola, I shit you not, Nature Valley's protein granola is like leaps and bounds. They, they have... Uh, so I ran the granola. I'm going to go on a tangent here because I'm pissed. But like I ran the granola category at Mills, and I wanted to do a protein granola on my side. So we tried a vegan one, and it was hard to do because the the pea crisp at that point tasted like shit. Long story short, um, out of the top five, I think it was of Nielsen data, Spins data, the three of the top five were Nature Valley protein granolas. Like mm -hmm. that is a spot there. Why can't we go into that route? Like it's. You could do it. I mean, just because you've been traditionally making pills and powders doesn't mean you can't make something that's not in that product for it. Obviously, it should be on brand. I can't imagine, like, um, I don't think a Redcon or Blackstone or some of these hardcore, quote-unquote, bodybuilding brands could maybe do it. But, I mean, I think there's enough soft 
brands out there that it would work if they decide to go that route, whether they do it grain free or, or maybe there's a, there, there's a take on, I don't know, but like that, like Josh says with yogurt, yogurt is consumed by a shit ton of people. It's consumed by a lot of people in, in the health world because the presumption is like Greek yogurt is super healthy for you. And, and it can be, but it also can be unhealthy depending on the kind you get. But again, it's so I guess my point is it doesn't have to be a direct product that's consumed as an individual standalone, it could be something that complements a breakfast product in today's market that can do really well. Yeah, I was even thinking about um, what is that stuff? Because like bodybuilding baby food, which is like cream of wheat or cream of rice or like yeah, that. Like like, rice and grinds. We should get Sean. We should yeah. get Sean here from Pride Foods because that brand grew. It's still growing. Um, he just got his own distribution center, but he made flavored ground up rice, and uh, you know it's it's doing very well. I speak to him quite a bit because our products complement each other very well. I'm proud of him. It's cool to see. Yeah. It's got some unique, like, I think that's just taken a little bit of a spin towards it, but even, you know, taking it one step further, like his customers are using it in a certain way. Maybe they are eating it standalone. Maybe they're adding something. Maybe they're eating egg whites with it. Maybe they're, you know, whatever. Maybe it is just to add literally hundred percent egg white powder or something yeah. in there to like, you know, whatever you can make those little small iterations about these products. I mean, literally, like we said, you walk down every aisle, and there's going to be some subcategory or something that you're going to look at and you go, these brands have been around for 50 or 75 yep. years. And these are the same ones that I remember when I was a kid and the same ones that probably my parents remember as kids. And like, it hasn't changed at all. Like as this is a totally different one than breakfast, um, I guess maybe unless we were, we were Asian, but like you think about the, um, like the noodles, the, like the cheap, um, what are those? Why am I thinking about it? now? I'm like, now I'm like totally losing track of it. Like the ramen? ones you, yeah, like the little like uh, pack of those ramen yeah. that cost you like ten cents. I literally saw the other day that you know somebody took that and basically premiumized it to a point where now it's like this experience, but very much the similar pack that you do that. But like somebody could have looked down that aisle every day and would have said, "There's no, there's nowhere we can go with this. This brand." is crushing it. There's only one that's really doing well. And, and what am I supposed to do? It's super cheap. Nobody's going to ever change it. Really taking the time to like, think about, there are a bunch of consumers that are out there that are not getting served and they've moved on. And now they maybe have too fancy of taste buds, or maybe they have, you know, different needs, dietary needs or things like that, that they're not getting served by those traditional products. So you might not find a hundred million dollars laying on the ground, or you might not find a $500 million laying on the ground, but you might be able to find five or $10 million laying on the ground that people just scrapped. They're leaving out there for you. So I, I think that if brands looked at it, maybe in, in realistic senses, you know, like, Hey, how much can I actually make out of this brand or sub brand or product extension or whatever the heck they want right. to do. And just think about it as like, Oh, this might be a $10 million product line. Hey, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people in our space that would be glad to have a $10 million product line, um, but they're overlooking it because they're like, well, you know, I don't know if, if, if it's going to be worth my time or, or whatever. I don't, I, I guess I tell people to, to this year in 2021, if, if you haven't listened to us in 2020 and 2019, at this point, we're going to tell you, keep like trying to push the limits, like yeah. stop just doing the same shit. It's, it's like, we're tired of it. The consumers are tired of it. Here, here, here's my free advice for anybody listening to this because I've been asked to make them a million times and I don't know how or where to start and, be, and the competitor is extremely economical. But take a, take, do, a, do a take on rice cakes. Somebody out there do a take on rice cakes. You can make some money. I mean, if you could somehow make them economical and uh, you know, not have to charge an arm and leg for them, obviously they're not, they're not free by any means. 
But if you can do that, you're going to be doing well. So love to hear people's feedback on this preference occasion. Is it something that your brand is thinking about? Is it something that you've thought about? And if so, like what's your hesitation? What's holding you up? I think that's that would be the interesting part because I think everybody has a different reason for why they don't uh, instead of finding the reason why they should. Um, and, and I'm not sitting here trying to – and I don't think Josh is here trying to say it's going to be easy, that if whatever you create is going to make you a billion dollars because no one's thought of it before. You, it's going to take consumer education. It's going to take some time. But it could very well turn out to be a very lucrative thing for you if it's done correctly and it serves a need and a white space that's currently being underserved or not served at all today. Great. If you guys like what you heard here on the podcast, hit that subscribe button. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. You can watch via YouTube. Check us out on social media, Two Guys, One Shaker Cup. Uh, until, uh, leave us a review. Helps out that algorithm as well. But until next time, it is the, the man himself who fucking hates breakfast, Josh Shaw. And myself, everybody, have have fun. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.